0: Hello and welcome to episode 103, Do Your Habits Support an unshakable Mind? Six Major Lifestyle Habits That Support Vitality and Resilience. It seems as though everyone wants to have more energy and focus these days, and going through life events of relationship disasters, job loss, and relocation, and sometimes all within a 10-day period, can lead one to feel fatigued, despondent, and in total despair, really not vital at all. You know we don't have much control over external occurrences, but what if we could change our perception around these types of occurrences? When we have a vital mind or the vital energy of the mind, our mind becomes unshakable and it's easier to be resilient in these situations when we have these what we perceive as disasters. Our energy field can be improved. We have both innate qualities as well as acquired qualities, and our habits will give us the acquired qualities. When our vitality is strong, our health is optimal, and everyone wants to be vital, and in many cases, our diet and lifestyles really don't support our individual needs. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss why we need a strong and resilient mind, the two components necessary for training the mind, as well as six lifestyle habits to stay unshakable. Today I'd like to discuss the habits that we really need to support a stable and calm mind. Because when we have an unshakable mind, one that's not disturbed or distracted by the outside world, our level of health gets, we can see that in the radiance, whether our health is radiating health and vitality or not. And it actually affects in the long run our ability to take action in the world with a clear, calm and focused mind. You know, I started research on vitality of the mind early in my 20s, while I was steeped in the study of yoga science, and I had always searched for answers to my inner inquiries of, you know, really, how do we stay healthy? How can we train our mind and not get so disturbed by the happenings around us, so that we're not feeling dejected, insecure, or even unsteady? We have all experienced challenging happenings, as I said, like losing a job, relationships, issues, death and maybe all of them together within a week. I get letters continually from our community about such circumstances really happening because that's part of life. But what really determines how we process these events is really how we perceive them. Although we could feel a loss in the grief, that's a human quality, we need to also learn how to step back for a moment and contemplate what would help make situations more or less devastating and then we can really step back and assess our energy and consciousness. How established are we in our own essence, our own being, and how healthy is our energy? Now, again, this is not to negate the effect of grief that happens with death and illness and other things that happen, Uh, but it's to really uh, help to serve, or shall I just say it serves, how to really work with those situations perhaps a little more uh, skillfully so that they're not as depleting to us. I like you, you know, have experienced loss and, you know, really what human being has not. And it does create and indeed an impact on our lives. But I can say if the perceptions are clear and not covered with fear and self-doubt, we can ride those currents of change without feeling destroyed, you know, or really devastated with so much sadness that we can't function. But again, this doesn't negate the feelings at all, but letting the feeling shut down, it just doesn't let the feeling shut down our own health and well-being. That's the point I'm trying to make here. You know, when I look back at those events that I've experienced and continually do experience, I think it was my ability to step back and observe. And that was acquired through the meditation training, you know, through when I said I studied yoga science. Meditation is the core root of all of that, and it allowed me to feel the loss, but not get so trapped in it. I had many opportunities, believe me, like you too, to not, you know, to be able to practice not feeling trapped, especially when we're younger. And I remember one of the biggest ones, as I mentioned before, when I lost my first real what I perceived as love. We've all been there, whether it's a pet, a person, or something else. And sometimes that's really could, uh, as some people say, rock our world. (laughs) You know, I've always thought of myself as a resilient, you know, as being resilient and rightly so, you know, faced with a challenge, I would feel pain, but was able somehow to turn it around and look for the opportunity. You know, I can recall being caught in the position of not being able to step back so easily and get back to balance. And it took a few years to recover. And I went back and traced those patterns of how did I really restore my balance? And this brings me to what I've always called re- acquired, acquired vitality, acquired resilience. They're those habits that we could incorporate and participate, have participating in our life that will actually help us build our vital our vitality and our resilience. Because you know, we are born with resilience and that's what makes us survive childhood after all. Some children who are not as fortunate as others still live without proper food and care and it's their resilience to live. But you know, that only goes so far. You know, the other day I was walking on the beach and I saw, oh, it had to be just a little hatchling. It was a turtle. And I've never seen that in all the years I've walked on the beach. And it was maybe as big as my thumb. And I just watched it really struggling to get into the ocean, and the ocean, because the ocean, it was coming, actually, the tide was coming in at the time, and it kept washing it in. And, you know, I really didn't know what to do. And uh, as a human being, I I felt for this, uh, this turtle. And it kept struggling and struggling and struggling, and I thought about what I've said, you know, in this podcast, what I'm talking about in this episode, the will to live that really need to live and want and that desire to live really just allowed it to overcome and just keep going out into the surf. I ended up waiting there an hour hoping that it would go and I've tried to adjust and see but I don't know what happened. I had to end up walking but it's still on my mind just the what it had in it to just keep going back towards the ocean towards the ocean towards the ocean. Anyway, are acquired, back to that, that resilience that we have during our childhood is amazing and we could have those habits that keep supporting. So that's called acquired resilience. And as I'd mentioned earlier, we can acquire it and that can be, really we could acquire even more through our practice of meditation. That's the point here. Meditation is the peaceful inward flow of energy to access the soul and the soul being the innermost part of you. It's the one that's doing the observing when our ego's not in play. If you think of the body, mind, and soul complex, the body is our object of observation. The mind is the process of observation, and the soul is the one who is doing the observing. There are two major concepts that I've woven into the meditation trainings that I I do outside of our podcasting, and that takes these concepts into consideration. With skill and precision and a systematic practice, we could develop the habit to maintain equanimity, even in the most disastrous type of situations. And the first is to become established in a skill set. When we're established in being, we're able to overcome fear and self-doubt. We have confidence and trust in ourselves and our relationships. I just gave a workshop last weekend And what had happened was uh, someone had made a comment. I asked them why they were here. And they had mentioned they were here because they wanted a complete type of program, a complete training, not sound bites. You see, We have sound bites out there. People aren't developing full skill sets. They're just getting sound bites. And that's why these programs, yeah, they might last a couple of weeks. We're enthusiastic, maybe a couple of months, but they fall short because they're not built with a skill set, with a complete trust that the whole program is, it's a holistic, it's a balanced program. So keep that in mind. So we need a skill set. And the second concept is practice. The greatest part of living a fulfilled life is the ability to take action to accomplish really what you set out to do. This requires that our intention comes from a clear, calm, and focused mind. And taking action is not reacting to something, but responding in a way that will support your focused intention. And this comes over time after one has become aware of his or her issues that drain the energy and then follow a program to restore function that they may be, you know, that they may where they may have been depleted. We wanna restore that function. And we need to practice. No one goes out and learns an instrument, even if you're naturally gifted at it without practicing. So here I'll share the six major lifestyle habits that support vitality and resilience, helping us become unshakable. Our mind will become unshakable. And start with one of these that work for you and then work through the list. Whatever you choose that you want to do. The first, of course, is practice meditation, breathing, and yoga exercises daily. We start with learning to breathe correctly. And if you don't know how to do that, take our meditation master class. I would suggest you do that or come to one of my live events. Or find someone that really knows breathing and you can learn from them. Learn how to move your body with stretches and rebuild rebuild practices that will work with your body. I'll be doing live events to help you with this in 2020. And meditate, following a five-step systematic practice to build and refine your nervous system. You see I'm saying nervous system because remember you have a central nervous system and that connects to the functioning of your body. We can't negate the body and just keep talking about the mind. We have to work with our body because that's our temple from which we operate in the world. So we practice meditation. Again, start with breathing, do some stretches and movement, and meditate with five systematic steps. The second is to focus on your dietary habits. Remember, I always say lunch should be your main meal. Don't snack. Eat in a quiet, comfortable, and peaceful environment, not while you're on your laptop, computer, or iPhone, or other device of phones. Eat in a quiet, comfortable, as I said, and peaceful environment. Don't eat in a hurry or while you're doing other things. And as I mentioned, don't text. You don't wanna work at your computer, talking on your cell phone, reading or working. Don't overeat and drink some warm or hot water with some fresh ginger frequently throughout the day if you like, or you can use some other herbs depending on what your constitution is. So the first I mentioned, practice meditation. Second is focus on your diet. The third is to practice some form of movement and sequence regularly. I'm emphasizing this because you really need to have a sequence that works with your body-mind complex. Fourth, fast each day from digital toxins. That means shut off your phones, shut off your digital devices. I have something in place and I've told you this before. I don't text email, or anything before 10 a.m. I try to make that a habit unless there's an emergency in the family. Be in bed ready for sleep by 10 p.m. with your router off. I emphasize to everyone, please turn off your routers at night. You don't need that on. And as always, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment. It's very important to remain calm from the perspective of calming the nervous system and, and everything else that goes with it from the body, the mind, the nervous system, the emotions, as well as the level of the soul. So always remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment. Remember, awareness is a key principle. You don't have to incorporate all six at once, but what you need is to have the intention to acknowledge the root of any of your problems. Awareness is the key to change. Our level of awareness does indeed dictate how well we operate in the world, our thinking, our feeling, our acting. You know, essential teachings for any training, whether it's resilience, yoga training, meditation training, health and well-being, we must really have, train our attention and our awareness. Wherever your attention and awareness goes, that's where your vital energy goes. That's where all the energy goes, where your focus is. Becoming more intentional and purposeful will decrease your negative thoughts and draw your attention to what's most meaningful around to you. And along with increased resilience training, focus on exercises that decrease your stress and anxiety and boost your quality of life. In our trainings, we do use the gold standard to train our awareness, and that is breath. Breath is the key to self-regulation because of the vagus nerve. So no matter who or what exerts dominance over our bodies, our food, our freedoms, our minds, we are ultimately in charge of what matters most. And that's, of course, our mind, that inner instrument that we have. We don't need to rent space. You know, think of ourselves, that's our, that's our real estate. Our mind is our real estate. And when we rent space without collecting the fees, we have some problems. So let's not rent space anymore and train that mind because the energy of your mind is the essence of your life. Regardless of how we have been hurt, who we, are, who we are always stays the same. And that's our sense of self, our strength, our will. It's ours to let die or cultivate. And as I always say, do your research. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and also on susantaylor.org, where you can click on the podcast to subscribe. And contact us at susantaylor.org with any questions, comments, or feedback. And as always, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for listening and making this happen. And thanks for all your emails coming in to support the podcast. Again, questions, comments, they're answered by me and looked at by me, and I incorporate that into our content for the week. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.